Should we um, learn how to do our intro in Italian? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's look it up. For <laughs> sure. Let's, let's do <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do... Okay. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to Gender... Forking. Forks. There's probably no verb for forking. I don't know how to turn... I don't know how to turn something into a verb... What about, not... what about fucking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, there's no word for gender. It doesn't even translate it. It just leaves it as gender. How about... <laughs> I feel like if we were to translate it, if you we were to change gender... Oh, gender. To... Oh, gender. Okay. I was okay. like, is this going to be sex fucking? Is that going to be... It literally is. It's, it, it is because it's ciao e benvenuto nel sesso di genere. <laughs> fucking of gender. <laughs> Okay. Molto bene. Thank you. <clears throat> Are you doing more? Ciao. E benvenuto. Oh <laughs> no, keep going. Ciao, e benvenuto nel senso di genere. <laughs> oh, something funny. No, so perfect. I just find the Italian language comical. <laughs> that was hello and welcome to gender f- fucking. <laughs> Because there's probably no Italian word for forking. I could try. Maybe they have... Mm. No. <laughs> um, gender stabbing food. <laughs> gender stabbing food. No. no. Gender stabbing. Not lato di genere. <laughs> if it's not immediately clear, I don't know Italian. And mm. They're old, though. Latin? 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 I do know Latin. Salve. I don't know. Welcome. See, the thing, when you learn Latin, mm-hmm. here's what you learn. Seven ways to say that you killed someone mm-hmm. and no ways to say welcome. Well, that's really accurate to what we've read. Yeah, that's today. so true. So. Grata ad gender fucking. There's a word. Too. Gender forn- fornication. If you're the Volturi and you were around <laughs> in 600 BCE with the Etruscans. Mm-hmm. Or probably later for Latin. I don't know when Latin came about. Anyway, salve, grata ad gender forking. <laughs> the Latin Excellent. did not have a word for gender. language do they speak yeah. like, to each other yeah you know because like bella didn't talk at all about like their accents that's so or anything true. yeah it'd be really interesting to hear what a, a, a like a native speaker of latin would sound like trying to speak english because there mm. are no native speakers of latin anymore yeah. but there were and we have so little information about how they sounded mm. it'd be so interesting there's also i didn't know i would be be able to get on this <laughs> but there's also a huge difference between the way that latin was pronounced when it was a spoken language and the way that latin is preserved as ecclesiastical language for like mm. the catholic church mm-hmm. So there's a lot of discrepancies between how Latin is typically used now and how, like, ancient Latin was pronounced. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a part of Twilight or Midnight Sun? Probably Twilight. When 
Edward is like telling Bella about Carlisle, like during Carlisle's chapter, mm. and he's talking about the ancient vampires that lived in the sewers of of London. Like they like came out and were speaking like Latin or something. I don't remember. Maybe maybe it is Latin. They were like I don't. Th- I think they were just speaking some ancient language, which was really interesting. I mean, if you're a vampire, presumably you're like able to access your your entire knowledge pretty much perfectly. Mm. Like we don't really learn of in twilight at least we don't really learn of like vampires who have problems remembering things from their early days of like vampirism it's not like they age and lose their memories the same way that like humans do it's like they age and then have like perfectly preserved memories of their vampire life they don't forget how to speak or anything Hmm. well it's gender forking after dark it's during the day it's during the day (laughs) it's just a euphemism for we are drinking Mm Um, we really wanted to celebrate our little trip to Italy. So we're drinking Bellinis. We're drinking Bellinis, and it's excellent. We read three chapters today, 19, 19 through 21, sure. I think. Before we dive into these chapters, I think that we need to talk about the wedding. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the wedding. And here's the thing. I know that some of the people who have been involved in this wedding, mm-hmm. like the cosplayers, are very, it feels mean to say sensitive, uh-huh. but I know that they get critique a lot because one of them, the one that is Edward, mm-hmm. posted on his Instagram a while ago a infographic about how we should all be better than bullying people for liking Twilight because we all like Twilight. So like, what's... Okay, like, interesting. Sure. And in the and then created the hashtag, hashtag be a Cullen. Saying that the Cullens wouldn't bully someone. Oh my god. Basically, ugh, they so would though. Pull it up. So I don't, I don't want to be mean. Yes, this is not. Um, yes, anything that we are about to say is not about. Well, I don't know what we're about to say, but <laughs> I want to say that it's not personal. However, there is a very socio political aspect to this event that took place recently. If you don't, if you are not aware, some popular cosplayers within the Twilight fandom, primarily led by Just Bella Swan, who she recently like moved to Forks, I believe. I think we've talked about her before. Mm-hmm. She's she's an excellent cosplayer. She does like she does really beautiful stuff. She like basically has an Instagram where she is Bella. Her and then some other um, cosplayers. They just did this wedding breaking down wedding recreation. It's essentially an extremely elaborate like photo shoot for all these cosplayers where they were like sh- like like shot for shot really like recreating the wedding and some all some other breaking down scenes I believe mm-hmm. as well and like I think they even like were acting it out. And and I've yep. only seen some photos. The photos are beautiful. They're yeah. They it's screen it's like, accurate. It's a very screen accurate. They have some some of the things that they have are like actually like from yeah. the filming. They got like a wedding venue. Like it happened in Forks, mm-hmm. and what happened is that this was a, an event that was like crowdfunded for like to occur so that everyone could like have the money to like get all this stuff and go and like ha- take part in this event. Mm-hmm. And they raised at least thirty six thousand dollars. I did not ever see a figure, and that is so much money. It was at, I know that she had a, like a, what is it, a Kofi or a coffee mm-hmm. thing, which is like a Patreon, and it raised at least $36,000, although I've heard people shout out other figures like 60000 because of just like other things that went into it. I mean, they like essentially had a real wedding. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like paid for a lot of the stuff that you would pay for at a real wedding, plus screen accurate details. Yeah, and I love that for them. Mm-hmm. And I... Also feel like, and this is, okay, 
So my initial critique, maybe not surprising to anyone, is that why are we raising that amount of money and yep. using it on something for Twilight mm-hmm. and not using it for reparations? Yep. When we have the power to create that much interest around Twilight, yeah. broadly we, why would that same energy not be put into fundraising. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that they don't do that because I've looked back and they do, they have like partnered on like toy drives and things that it will benefit the move to higher ground specifically. I think using like Amazon smile, mm-hmm. um, making donations to the tribal school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. <laughs> but there's a lot more energy put it, being put into the fun part of yes. like doing a wedding, which is excellent. Yeah. For you. Yep. But I mean, as far as I'm aware, they're not none of the none of that money is going anywhere aside from like those people's pockets. Like I'm pretty sure that the cosplayer, uh, Jess Bellis, when I actually don't know what her real name is. My understanding is that she's like keeping all that stuff in case she wants to do it again. Mm. Like she's just keeping all of all the stuff that was raised. Uh, yeah. They raised money for. It's like if you post multiple infographics for months trying to fund this wedding party Mm -hmm. Um, and then you post once about a toy drive where you're donating a portion of amazon sales yeah to the cool like the cool tribal school like that doesn't have a great impact i think we've said this before but like the way that i do my twilight financing yeah (laughs) as someone who spends money on things that are related to twilight a lot is like a one-to-one match Mm -hmm. like if not more if i can Mm -hmm. So, like, when I buy a book, when I had to go and buy Midnight Sun for however many godforsaken dollars dollars (laughs) I spent on that, it was a minimum of, you know, that same $20 being donated directly. That's really interesting that that other cosplayers, like, sharing infographics about being nice and not, and, like, hashtag (laughs) being a cullen, because honestly, like, the sweet, sweet irony of all of this is that the sheer affluence that has been demonstrated and the and the lack of reparations the lack of acknowledgement of like anything to do with the impact or their the potential impact of what they're doing like is really hashtag be a cullen so yeah they really got that part right (laughs) they said folks if you take two seconds to remember what it felt like to take crap or abuse from people for even being a twilight fan you should know better than to harass fans who are expressing their fandom in any numbers of way of ways including cosplay okay it's like if someone's being mean to you for cosplaying that sucks you yeah you and you shouldn't make fun of people simply for cosplay but that's not what i think a lot of people are doing here also, like, then said, like, the vampire's powers, words are a power and a gift. You can use them like a cullen, or you can use them like a soulless monster, be a cullen. Twihearts against bullying. And it's like, if you read the books, you know that the cullens are not always kind. Right. Like, this is, like, this is, this is fake. Mm-hmm. Like, this perception of, like, you can be noble, like, the characters in these great books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the characters in these great books are trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the language that they're using to, like, deflect this not this specific criticism because this was posted before they did the wedding recreation, mm-hmm. but saying there's a section of every fan base that seems to have a taste for doing this. Maybe these folks are dealing with issues they don't know how to handle and they're lashing out or they're too young to remember the way Twilight fans were treated back when the franchise took off. Back then it was bad and it was constant, largely a byproduct of the same backlash that anything deemed as for women and especially for teen girls seems to get. 2008 was a much more male-centric movie market and anything not fitting that was considered niche at best. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> like, no. You can't decide that you're not allowed to be made fun of or that you're not allowed to be critiqued at all mm-hmm. because of criticism in this way. Like, yeah. that's not what's happening here. Right. There's valid criticism. 
especially if you're going to like create your platform and make a lot of money mm-hmm. off of Twilight, like you absolutely need to be doing something responsible about it. I mean, we yeah. make a very minuscule amount of money off of Twilight and I'm like, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm and, like, I don't like it. Yeah. And like, even when it's not going in your pocket, it doesn't mean you don't have an obligation. Like we're not putting this money in our bank accounts and spending it to go no, do things, obviously. Not. Yeah. We don't have the amount of money to do that anyway. But yeah. even if they're saying like, well, all the money goes back into like Twilight projects that we're like creating content for people. Great. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't absolve you of the responsibility just because you're not becoming personally wealthy off of it. Yeah. Like you're raising capital and you can redistribute that. Right. And I mean, they are like, it's benefiting like their platform and mm-hmm. like a, a lot of, a lot of Twilight pages, like, like Forever Twilight and Forks is posting about it. I don't know about, like, the official Twilight but, um, page or anything, but, you know, everyone's talking about it. I've seen, like, no criticism um, in, in any of the comments on any of those posts. Uh, yeah, I've only seen the TikTok comments were pretty wild when they were up still. When they were up, yeah. Like, there I'm was sure. this one video that went specifically viral of, of Eternal Edward singing into Bella's face. Yeah. Uh, as they were dancing at the wedding, they were, like, doing the... He was singing a song from the movie. Sleeping at Last yeah. song and singing it, and people were being, like, mean about his singing and right because it wasn't it wasn't good which is like it wasn't good which is fine which is fine <laughs> and like we shouldn't we like we don't need to harass people but i don't no. think they were being harassed so no. i just it's been really something it i just is, can't imagine purporting myself to like spe- like raise and spend that amount of money yeah it is massively cringe like mm-hmm. the way that they're handling it like the fact not not even the fact that it's being done like i could i could even get behind that like congratulations you pulled off something really cool and screen accurate but like it wouldn't be that hard to just be better about it. Like, yeah, you could like, still you do could all those say, things. Like, we have to raise, we have to raise seventy thousand dollars because we want to donate half. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I just feel the same way that I did about when Forever Twilight and Forks happened this year. Was that it's like too soon for yeah. tourism? Yeah, which like is a personal thing that I don't think everyone is on the same page with. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think people are traveling now, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But for them. But, <laughs> like, I, I think that it, it's, it just feels kind of icky to, like, pull people in for an event like that. Especially into a small town, especially yeah. to the, onto the reservation. Yeah. Like, yeah. rates of COVID are high. Yep. I would just encourage people to be critical and responsible of these sorts of things because yeah. they are not without impact. And even if we feel like there is not an impact, there is a positive impact that we could be making that we're not making mm-hmm. because people choose not to. Yeah. Hate that. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Sorry we're haters. Yeah. But someone's got to say it. And I don't, I feel like a lot of people aren't. I mean, I haven't been on Tumblr because mm. I just don't go there a lot anymore. Yeah, but neither. I'm sure that there, there's, that seems to be where like the more critical Yeah. Like not just people live. being like, oh, that's cringe. But like people being like, this is not like, okay. Yeah. And whereas I feel like on Instagram, if you're, a tw- if you're primarily engaged with the fandom on Instagram, it's like completely, it's non-critical. <laughs> it's yeah. like very much like the way that it always has been. Um, which is fine, but yeah. we have to be changing changing the way that we engage mm-hmm. with the fandom and consume and consume this content because yep. oh my god. Anyway, yeah, my bellini's half done. <laughs> yeah, mine's <laughs> yeah, more brim. than half done. Yeah, we're gonna Big maybe sip. have to have another one <laughs> soon. But let's dive in because we've got three chapters. We huh? have three chapters. Big plots happening. They're getting on their flight. Yeah, chapter nineteen. <laughs> chapter nineteen. Edward's coming back. He's gonna be there. He's gonna be there. <laughs> we're coming to Edward. We're going to Edward, and that's feminism. Yep. Bella's anxious. Alice is talking to Jasper on the phone and saying something that I find wild. 
which is Edward's not sure what he wants to do to create a scene mm. to a- yes. to attract the the Volturi's attention. Mm-hmm. And we learn that he comes through different ideas, including a killing spree through the city, attacking yes. the guard, lifting a car over his head in the main square. Mm-hmm. He is thinking about killing someone for this. Something he hasn't done in, in years. years. <laughs> he decides, well, I have to attract their attention, so maybe I'll murder multiple people. He's so far gone that he's murderous again. And then, like, he eventually later in these chapters decides not to do that, and Alice sees that. Yeah. And is like, well, he, and Bella's like, he wouldn't want to disappoint Carlisle. It's like, is that the only Disappointing reason? Carlisle is the only reason you're not killing people? Like, if the only reason, like, uh, <laughs> laws exist, I guess, for the type of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, if the only reason you don't kill someone is because you know that it would disappoint someone or that you would have a consequence, uh-huh. that's not a great sign. Bad news bears. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that shook me. I did not remember that he was no. considering that. Like, no. he's. He will do anything to get the Volturi to take him out, including doing something that, I don't know, I can't justify why he would feel like that's the option. Alice must be looking in her head being like, are you fucking stupid? Like, are you I'd be so exasperated if I were her. Like, oh God. This line that I always remember, which is when they get on the plane, Bella's super anxious and Alice is like, it's faster than running. And it's like, you literally couldn't run there. You cannot (laughs) run to Italy. You'd have to swim. Yeah. Bella can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be faster if it was just Alice. Maybe. If it was just Alice, maybe she'd be able to get there faster by, like, running to, like, the point where it's, like, this... Running to, like, running to Boston and then flying from Boston. Yeah. Or, like, running... Yeah, you know... Yeah, I don't know. hmm Yeah, she's, she's talking with Jasper and she's trying to say, don't let Emmett and... Rosalie come and that she promises she'll get out of there and but she's like I hate lying to Jasper. and she's lying <laughs> she's lying um and I had a thought here mm-hmm. imagine you overhear this on your flight to Italy yeah I'll just say that right here because that's yeah, when yeah, I had yeah, the yeah. thought yep if you are listening to this phone call about death murder killing sprees mm-hmm. etc on your flight to Italy from mm-hmm. this tiny little beautiful girl mm-hmm. on the phone what do you do yeah Literally, what do you do? Very alarming. The conversation that they have while they are on the plane, I am like, y'all gotta, y'all gotta shut up. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like they're always doing a good job at whispering. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, like, stressful. I was so stressed throughout this whole section. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, the explanation as to why it has to be Bella is because they can't sneak up on Edward, and, like, they feel like the second that, like, one of the siblings tries to intervene, he will accelerate whatever he's doing and just go for it because he does not want to be stopped. So if he hears any of his siblings, they're worried about what might happen. So, like, that's why Bella has to be the one to, like, get to him first. Yeah. Bella doesn't understand why Edward is killing himself. No. Like, she doesn't... She still doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. She knows that it's happening and she can't connect the dots because she's thinking, like, about how he says that he wasn't going to live without her. But then he immediately then canceled that out with the words that he spoke in the forest as he left her. Mm -hmm. And she said that that canceled it all out and she's literally perplexed as to why she like why he would be killing himself right now yeah connect the dots <laughs> she will well actually no she no won't. she won't <laughs> like she the won't. second like the second that she like even when she's with edward she's like soaking it all in but then she's like but he hates me now yeah <laughs> edward kissing her on the head yeah he doesn't like me <laughs> yeah and, and, and like that's i mean i get it but people also... with anxious attachment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like Right. You can't, you can't, 
it, it's you not can't logical. talk your way out of it. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I get um, it. Um, okay, do you want to talk about the perception of them on the plane? Yes. Because we talked about this, but I don't think it made it into the last episode. You were talking about how, like, it would appear that maybe Bella and Alice... Um, are being trafficked. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks very suspicious. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, okay. And then I realized that there is a man in a business suit sitting next to them. Yes. Which so, ties it all together. <laughs> he, Bella turns around. After Alice says, I promised I would get out before they killed me too. It's not something I can guarantee. Not by a long shot. And then Bella says, what makes the Volturi so much more dangerous than Emmett, Jasper, Rosalie, and you? And, th- and then she looks over her shoulder, mm-hmm. sees the man in an aisle seat, looking away as if he wasn't listening to us. He appeared to be a businessman in a dark suit with a power tie and a laptop on his knees. While I stared at him with irritation, he opened the computer and very conspicuously put headphones on. <laughs> this is what flight attendants are trained to look for. <laughs> Literally. You just can't. do. You can't be talking. You can't. You And when you're out in public, you can't just be like, they'll kill me before I get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's trafficking. Yeah. Like, like, like textbook. Yeah. Textbook. This guy is probably just trying to help them, honestly. Yeah. And she's like, god. oh my god. And it's a flight from Washington to New York. Mm-hmm. So it's, you can't even say like, oh, maybe he speaks Italian and he has no idea. Mm-hmm. He knows. I feel like when I was a teenager... I somewhat had this thing around maybe when I was a child, I don't know, somewhat had this thing where, like, you feel like when you're in public, like, no one can hear you or pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. And so you, like, like, if you're, especially, like, I remember, like, being with friends and, like, just, like, being fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And then, like, someone would look at me and I'd be like, oh, you can perceive me right now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and that's just, like, the product of, like, teens being in their own environment, right? I'm a huge eavesdropper. Mm-hmm. Like, when I work in person, mm-hmm. if I'm working and there's another person in the <laughs> office, I must listen to music or I will be tuning in. And I can Stay do tuned. my work. I will do my work and fully be invested. Like, I, in my last job, I would have to put music on mm-hmm. because I could hear through the wall to my supervisor's office next door. I could hear both people in the meeting going Mm -hmm. back and forth. I overheard so much shit that I did not want to overhear Mm -hmm. before I would be like, oh my god, I have to put music on. Mm -hmm. It would happen so consistently. Mm -hmm. People can hear you. Mm -hmm. Like, people really underestimate that. Mm -hmm. I don't even have great hearing. Bella whisper challenge. Yeah. Alice whisper challenge. Alice whisper challenge. She does a little bit, but then it's also like... They seem to not. Yeah. They're talking about covens. They're talking about... They're saying the words vampire, Volturi, coven. Mm -hmm. They're saying all these fucked up names. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it it is insane. Yeah. Like, they're revealing their entire plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice is like, the one rule is that we can't reveal our existence. And she's like... (laughs) stage whispering to Bella. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? You turn to somebody and you're like, sorry, we're rehearsing lines for a play. <laughs> yeah. She does explain to Bella this interesting bit about vampire culture that I like, and it's probably the first time it's explained in the books. She says, you have to understand that we Cullens are unique in more ways than you know. It's abnormal for so many of us to live together in peace. It's the same for Tanya's family. And Carlisle speculates that abstaining makes it easier for us to be civilized, to form bonds based on love rather than survival or convenience. Even James's little coven of three was unusually large, and you saw how easily Laurent left them. Our kind travel alone or in pairs as a general rule and that Carlyle's family is the biggest in existence as far as she knows with the exception of the of the Volturi which is really interesting i mean that is definitely true i mm-hmm. mean the cullens and are quite large and then the denali 
end up being quite large as well and they have the vegetarian lifestyle but i feel like there are like carla has other friends that are like in threes or more right that come to see them in breaking down like the irish coven there's like three of them there's three and yeah the, the egyptians there's like four of them yeah three or four i think yeah yeah so it's um, interesting. And, you know, we don't necessarily know this at this point in the book, but, like, the only reason the Volturi are, like, big is because they're being coerced to stay. Yeah. Like, they don't have an option to leave. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of get a glimpse into that when they're trying to con- convince, like, Alice and Edward, but, like, they're not going to let you leave if they have, if you have a gift that they want. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm curious about that because I feel like, I feel like realistically, like, that's more realistic to me than what I think Stephanie Meyer tries to paint, which is that it's is like it is choice it is choice yeah. because carlisle did leave yeah and that i feel like it's it's just like when it's convenient for her plot though because it's like yes. we know marcus is miserable yeah he would probably be elsewhere mm-hmm. if like if he didn't have to be there yeah and like I mean, you're there for three thousand years like where else are you gonna go i guess <laughs> i guess but it's wild yeah i don't know it's just like they have weapons you know like they have jane and if somebody wants to leave they can just torture them or kill them yeah I think that it's it's externally facing. It looks like a choice to other people that they live together. Yeah. But I don't really... I think it's, like, completely RO, maybe Caius's design. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a watered-down... A watered-down portrayal of how, like, the consolidation of power usually works when there is mm. a monopoly on power and policing. <laughs> yeah, this, you know? I love this conversation here about, like, how they function as cops and, yeah. like, how their gifts are are more formidable. Which Alice says, like, that they make what she can do look like a parlor trick, which, which I don't find true. I don't think it's true. I also kind of, like, feel like it erases that the Volturi, like, really want her. Yeah. And, like, they wouldn't if they didn't think that her gift was valuable. It's just that her, like, Jane exists and Jane's gift is to torture people and like not like mo- like her gifts don't involve like putting people in pain. <laughs> right. I guess that's what she means. This whole conversation about the rules and whatever, it's just like this is a really great example and I think like reflecting on the series and stuff like this is a good example of why cops don't need to exist mm-hmm. because like other vampires understand that attracting attention is not a good idea mm-hmm. and so naturally they live in these ways and i don't think that it's the threat of the Volturi that keeps people from like revealing secrets not or anything all. like that if that's the one rule you don't need cops it's evolutionary <laughs> like evolutionarily that makes sense for them that they don't want people to know they exist because they're that's their food supply yeah like you can kill other vampires there's no rule against that you can mm-hmm. kill humans obviously <laughs> there's no rule against that like there's only one and hard hard and fast rule like there's no reason to have a system of people enforcing this rule and acting as if they have control over yeah. people they're literally the apex predators of the planet yeah you know as far as we're aware and like if there was a vampire who was acting out other vampires would want to stop that i feel like we see that they do for sure yeah we see this like top vampire thing replicated in like so much vampire media like Mm -hmm. what we do in the shadows even though it's a comedy it has Mm -hmm. like the the council and like and that it's like a little bit less important Mm -hmm. obviously because it's like trivialized but also like in the vampire diaries there's the originals and like in the vampire diaries like if you are older you're more powerful like you're Mm. stronger and so you can you are much like stronger and faster than other vampires so Mm. it like it they're the first vampires and they're the most powerful and they're in charge of kind of law and order and and what happens yeah but it's just you don't need it no and it's it's interesting there's a history to why the Volturi 
came about and it had to do with like vampire wars and i don't know some level of imperialism i believe yeah and like that's that's interesting because then they just stayed mm-hmm. but yeah i mean they don't it i mean like like all cops they're not really doing their job because they yeah. they do it when it's convenient to them and they actually just allow other troops of vampires to like take each other out when there's problems yeah so it's just uh it feels performative in many ways and also they have like they have the power because everyone just like agrees to it as well mm-hmm. and no one really challenges it because i think at the end of the day Except for the romanians yeah <laughs> in many ways for many vampires i think it's that they don't interact at all it's not a big deal yeah it's like they're not a problem to you until they're a problem until they to are you. i think a lot of people think that about the cops too so um, true anyway yeah the like yeah i feel like it it proves that there's no reason for them to exist because there hasn't been any like worldwide or community-wide vampire problems yeah in like thousands of years because there's nothing that edward says like there's no there's individuals who have relationships with other vampires like carlisle's probably the biggest hub of like vampire connection that we know of Mm -hmm. but like they're not really like tied together as a community they're just really doing their own thing there's no need for there to be like a governing council or anything yeah yeah i alice even says most of us don't need policing and i'm like yeah most of us don't need policing we don't need policing (laughs) literally like i'm gonna make a t-shirt that says most of us don't need policing twilight (laughs) stephanie meyer twilight stephanie meyer said that yeah that that would be a really good merch idea actually someone asked us in the discord recently like what if we if we could interview her like what would we ask and actually i feel like that's i would i would bring you an abolitionist yeah think the methods of power and policing and control in twilight say about our current nation (laughs) she'd be like uh i have to go i've given up on being respected in the vampire or in the in the twilight fandom Mm -hmm. because you have to do a lot of pandering to a lot of people that have a lot of harmful ideas yeah that's about things in order to get invites to things yeah like as curators of, of, of like twilight content for sure yeah yeah i mean there were there were people who do similar projects to us that were at the wedding that we mentioned yeah and, and i'm not salty about it because i did not want to no, be there no 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 i think it's wonderful and <laughs> yeah, it feels like cool. something that they would enjoy yeah for sure i would not have been able like i would i would be I would be, I would have lost my mind. I can't afford it. Did you see everybody was wearing like outfits from that specific color scheme that that all the guests wear in Twilight? So it it, like, or in Breaking Dawn. And it's just, I would have wilted under the social pressure. I I don't know what I would have done if I saw Edward singing, like scream singing in Bella's face. I have really bad secondhand embarrassment. I had a really hard time watching the TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Like, I watched, like, three seconds of it, and I was like, I I have to to turn it off. off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) That's that's an aside. Anyway, but... It's all related. It's all related. (laughs) Yeah, so Alice says that they've been there since the Etruscans, which is the civilization that peaked around 600 BCE. Mm Mm-hmm. In Italy, and I didn't do much research on that because I'm not a fucking nerd. No, I'm just um, <laughs> former history major. <laughs> well, I didn't do much research on it, but it's just like it's an ancient civilization, yeah, and they've yeah. been there for quite a long time. Yeah, and when we do meet them later, I think that their age does show. Yes, which I wish that it showed more. Like I wish they looked creepier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she tries to approximate that, but it doesn't quite land. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that's a it's a really interesting history. And Alice also reveals that they don't hunt within the city, and it's it's considered to be like one of the safest cities in the world, especially from vampires. 
and they bring in their food from the outside. And I think at one point, Alice even says that, like, the cop, like, the cops, like, the human cops of Volterra get the credit. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So Bella gets back on her bullshit for a second here. Her suicidal bullshit. Her suicidal bullshit, yeah. I mean, her suicidality. She says, or she narrates... I wasn't really planning on living much longer without seeing him, Edward, or at all, if we were too late. It was comforting to know that I would have an easy out, meaning that she, the, she's likely to be killed by the Volturi. And it's such a flip from the denial of the last few chapters of, like, her being like, no, I'm not suicidal. Are you kidding I know. me? And now she's like, if I don't see Edward now, I'm dying. Yeah. Like, it's over. And I don't, like, I'm relieved. And I think that she was just in denial about it before. Like, yeah. now she feels like there's enough drama and, like pomp around the especially if he's also dying yeah like there's more pomp around this time where like it before it was like she was alone and deciding to die and now she feels like she's justified in this choice but it's like you you just wanted to die like that's fine yeah i mean it's it's not it's not but like but it's also like you could admit it yeah yeah she kind of makes a comment to alice like the volteria will get us if we mess up but she sounds like kind of relieved and mm-hmm. Alice says, you say that like it's a good thing. And she just shrugs. And Alice says, knock it off, Bella, or we're turning around in New York and going back to Forks. Mm-hmm. If we're too late for Edward, I'm going to do my damnest, damnedest to get you back to Charlie. And I don't want any trouble from you. Do you understand that? Which it's is like, thank God. <laughs> wild because like, I even in the world. So imagine the end of the of New Moon, Edward dies. Mm-hmm. Bella would probably still become a vampire and live forever with the Cullens mm-hmm. without Edward. Yeah. But like she could still have a very full existence Mm -hmm. without him Mm -hmm. and i don't know she i know she doesn't see that right now but like she thinks that like the cullens are ready to abandon her and that like they wouldn't want to be family or friends with her after edward is dead but i don't think that's true like when a lot of people find a lot of comfort in like the family members of the people that they've lost after they have lost someone Mm -hmm. so like to be like they're dead peace yeah okay right like it's not like they would never connect again so they connect in new york Alice has some new visions of the Volturi refusing to kill Edward because they find his gift too valuable and they would like to convince him to join the Volturi instead of Mm -hmm. dying. So that kind of buys them some time. And this is kind of where they're being louder, too, because the attendant comes down and asks, yeah, Mm -hmm. if he can give them a pillow. And Bella says his hushed whisper was a rebuke to our comparatively loud conversation. Like, shut up. People are sleeping. Like, Bella also is asking, like, about the mechanics of Alice's, like, visions because she's seeing things really, really clearly. We learn more about that, which is that it's immediate and close and she's concentrating. Mm -hmm. Faraway things that come on their own are just glimpses, but she can also be more attuned to vampire futures than she can to like Bella for example Mm -hmm. and Edward is specifically easier because she's so attuned to looking out for him and um, Bella really flawlessly changes the subject to (laughs) what if I was a vampire and this this is nuts is earlier than I remember it yeah like I remember I know that Alice was like I'm gonna change her if you don't yeah but I thought that was much later yeah this is great. Bella's like, well, I know that you saw it before. And Alice is like, actually, Bella, honestly, I think it's all gotten beyond ridiculous. I'm debating whether to just change you myself. I wonder if Alice is saying this to, like, keep Bella alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Don't I kill wonder yourself. She means it. I do believe yeah. that she means it. But I also wonder if she's like, if I don't make this girl a vampire, she is going to die. She needs a shred of hope. 
And I think she also realizes, which I wonder if the other Cullens are thinking as well, like, Carlisle and Esme must be thinking after this little stunt that Edward pulls, if something happens to Bella, accidental or, like, purposeful, and Bella dies, Edward is going to kill himself. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is always going to be a risk. Why would they ever want to not change Bella? It is a huge risk. How is anyone (laughs) in his family not, like... Yeah, I think we should change Bella. Yeah, yeah. It's the choice between Edward being alive or not, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that kind of happens at the end of the book. And then Bella, baby, little baby Bella. Yeah. She's so eager about this. so excited. She kind of like is in shock and Alice is like, did I scare you? I thought that's what you wanted. And she says, I do. Oh, Alice, do it now. I could help you so much and I wouldn't slow you down. Bite me. Bite me on the plane. And the attendant is looking at them, which I I have to assume that, like, the attendant heard bite me. Bite me. And was like, are you about to fuck on this plane? (laughs) And Alice is like, no, 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 no. We can't be doing that. It takes days. Useless for days. Yeah. And then she does affirm again. Bella's like, well, if you don't do it now, you're going to change your mind. And Alice says, no, I don't think I will. He'll be furious, but what will he be able to do about it? And you know, everybody should keep that energy with Edward because... Mm-hmm. These people really get let him get away with a lot of bullshit. I've said this before, but why does he? Why does it feel like Edward is the head of the household making all the decisions? It really does feel like that. Like it just feels like he is able to control what all of his siblings do, and it shouldn't be like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. So go, Alice. Mm-hmm. So true, bestie. You change her. Then Bella says something really interesting. Oh, yeah. On four thirty-seven, she says, "At least narrates. At least I had something to hope for if we did." survive. If Alice made good on her promise, and if she didn't kill me, um, in trying, Edward could run after his distractions all he wanted, and I could follow. I wouldn't let him be distracted. Maybe when I was beautiful and strong, he wouldn't want distractions. So it's like, vampirism makes this a possibility for her, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, like, that her denial about, I mean, the way that she believes he feels about her is, like, so tied up in, like, her humanity, but if she was a vampire, she would be, like, fuck you, you don't, you don't get to be You don't get to anymore. leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah I don't know. She, she correctly, like, is grasping at that if I was more powerful, I would have more agency in this relationship and so I would true. be able to, like, contribute in, in some way to the decisions that are being made. And she's right. Mm-hmm. She's right. It's so sad that she thinks that he doesn't want her at all. Mm-hmm. The last part of the, of the plane ride is when Edward gets apparently, quote unquote, very close to deciding to kill someone and then changing his mind stupid. Alice realizes that he's changed his mind and his new plan is to just walk into the sun and expose Mm -hmm. his glittery, sparkly skin. Mm -hmm. Which is a great idea, actually. Yeah. To achieve what he's trying to achieve. It's like, that's all you need to do. Yeah. It's like, did he forget that he fucking sparkled? Yeah. He's like, I need to kill someone. Or maybe he was waiting on the weather to, like, finalize. I don't know. It's Italy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's Italy. (laughs) It's a lot sunnier than Forks. They get to Volterra and steal a car. They steal a car. They steal the the bright yellow Porsche. Mm-hmm. Turbo. It wouldn't be. It would not be. You know, a Twilight novel without a car chase scene. And that not infamous only do vampire we have car to chase. Hear about the Porsche, but we do also hear about other cars along the way. And yep. Stephanie Meyer really wants to teach me about cars, and you know what? I refuse. I saw a name of a car that I didn't understand. It's the Pugot. Pugo. No, Pugo. It doesn't matter. Pugiot. Fuck it. <laughs> and I said, I'm not Googling that. No. You don't have that power over me. Mm-mm. I won't learn anything more about cars. Preach. You can't make me. <laughs> and that's feminism. We've had so many cars in this book. And sometimes I see things too and I'm like, Sam will Google it if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking Googling a car. 
<laughs> we don't need to know. It's so unnecessary for her to mention what car was on the road. Mm-hmm. Also, it is the 19th of what? March? March or April. April? It's spring break? I don't know. But it's St. Marcus Day. Alice has all the information in her brain. She just info dumps that the city of Volterra holds a celebration every year. As the legend goes, a Christian missionary, a Father Marcus, Marcus of the Volturi, in fact, drove all the vampires from Volterra 1,500 years ago. The story claims that he was martyred in Romania, still trying to drive away the vampire scourge. Of course, that's nonsense. He never left the city. But that's where some of the superstitions about things like crosses and garlic come from. Father Marcus used them so successfully... And vampires don't trouble Volterra, so they must work. There is no St. Marcus Day. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it makes there sense. There is a St. The Feast of St. Mark or St. Mark's Day. So St. Mark the Evangelist, also known as John Mark, is traditionally believed to be the author of the Gospel of Mark and a companion of St. Peter. His feast day is celebrated on the 25th of April, the anniversary of his martyrdom. Uh, Also believed by various traditions to be the first bishop of Alexandria and the first pope of Alexandria, considered to be the founder of the church in Alexandria, according to the Coptic church understanding, and thus the founder of Christianity in Africa. His evangelistic symbol is the lion. Hmm. Interesting. So everyone is going to be wearing red stuff, celebrating that there's no vampires. And Edward is going to do his little stunt at high noon. So they're trying to get in the city. That's it. I mean, I guess the chapter ends when they're, um, they can see the city on the hill. Yep. That's the end of chapter 19. What if we get another drink? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> chapter 20. <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten a refill on our drinks, yeah. so we're on Bellini number two. It'll mm-hmm. also be num- Bellini number the last. <laughs> because... Bellini number the last one. <laughs> uh, but that's all we much. need these days. Yep, Don't drink much. very much. Nope. It'll be the last because now we're out of Prosecco. And we're going to switch over to sandwiches. Yeah. And we also have a, a craft we're working on later. Yeah. So we have to be with our wits. Sharp. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) For what's about us. Okay. There's traffic. There is some traffic. Of course, this is the most stressful situation. Mm -hmm. There's, like, minutes to spare. There is only one way into the city, and the festival is happening, so Mm -hmm. it's very crowded. And there's lots of cars lined up, and they're not allowing cars into the city, only tour buses. No problem, though. Because Alice hands over a $1,000. Yep. If not multiple thousand dollars Mm -hmm. to... A guard. One of the guards. Mm-hmm. Which likely changed his life. Yeah. If someone handed me a thousand dollars, this is how I felt about the stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. When you when someone hands you an unexpected thousand dollars, something's changing for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like that's that's huge. I am you know? rich. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Hello? That guy's gonna buy so much pasta. He's gonna have pasta forever. <laughs> Italians, Italian stereotypes. <laughs> Alice is basically like you're. You're gonna. You're probably gonna have to do this alone. Like, and yeah, you're gonna have you're to be gonna first. Have to run. You're gonna have to run, and please don't trip. <laughs> yeah, please and don't get a concussion. We don't have time. Just keep running towards the palazzo, the clock tower. She has to get there by noon. Edward will be under the clock tower to the north of the square. There is a narrow alleyway on the right, and he'll be in the shadow there. And you have to get his attention before he can move into the sun. And it is like five of right now. It's like 11.55. Yeah. I, I'm going to vomit. Yeah, basically. so stressful. I yeah. wrote very little notes on this because I was reading it oh, so Oh, yeah, me fast. too. Me I too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> 
No idea. <laughs> I mean, she does write it in a way that, like, convincingly, like, r- like grabbed me into a story that I obviously know the ending of. I've mm-hmm. seen it so many times. Yeah, this but is, like, but this is, like, so the, 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 this is the moment we have been waiting for. She writes it in a quite stressful way. Yeah. This, like, dramatic apex yeah, it's crowded. She has to push through people. She like has. I mean, she has to go on her own as well. Like she has to separate from Alice because it's sunny, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Yeah, by the time she gets out of the car, she only has two minutes. And she does run right through the fountain, as we know. She cinematic. Runs, she's pushing. She pushes people, people out of the way. Like physically, she's no regard for anything in her path. She is booking it. She says, "I shoved a heavy woman out of my way." <laughs> she literally. <laughs> She literally said that. I'm gonna um, dress up as that woman for Halloween. <laughs> it's this like really kind of chaotic, gruesome environment where everyone's dressed in red. It's really windy. She keeps describing like scarves and mm-hmm. and and cloaks billowing up into the air in like gruesome, bloody ways. Mm-hmm. Kids are wearing plastic vampire faces. Yes, which is I really love funny. that. Yeah, that's I'm sure so that like cool. the Volturi find this really comical on a normal day. Mm-hmm. You know, like they probably are like. Those like, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know that I live here. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming home with me. <laughs> she has to run through this fountain, and the the chime of the clock tower starts booming. She just starts screaming Edward's name, but it's really loud, so he probably can't hear her. It's kind of implied that there are like these kind of like officers or like cop security kind of nearby to where she is. Mm-hmm. And also there is a family with, like, yeah. two or three children near where yeah, she two is. Yeah, little, two little girls in dresses with ribbons, and they're looking right at, like, the clock tower. So it's, it's like, they're positioned to perfectly see Edward when he steps out. Yes, and one of the kids is, like, looking into the alley mm-hmm. and, like, trying to get her mother's attention to look at what she's seeing. And, and Bella can kind of see, like, something shining, I guess behind them so she's screaming and then and then she's able to see him but mm-hmm. he cannot see her mm-hmm. i'm so stressed <laughs> mm-hmm. his eyes are closed he has dark circles that are deep purple his arms are to sides palms torn forward he is looking very peaceful like he's having a pleasant dream he's ready to die yeah the marble skin of his chest is bare <laughs> makes it kind of sound like he's naked which he would never um <laughs> What if he went streaking? <laughs> Balls out. Oh my god, you're uh, so right. Dicks out for Volturi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And she's screaming and she finally knocks into him and... And he does nothing. He literally, like, he doesn't move. He does nothing. He doesn't think she's real. He thinks they must have killed me so instantaneously and now I'm in hell. Yeah, so he, like... He does not move. He, like, he does, like, grab onto her. He is, like, clearly not present. And he goes into this, like, little thing about Carlisle was right. It's amazing. Like, he thinks that he is in heaven and then later speculates that he is in hell because Bella still smells really good. Mm Mm-hmm. She's, like, yelling at him. He's, this is so fucking funny to me. The fact that we haven't seen this man in months and and now he is quoting Romeo Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like literally, he's like stroking her hair and he's like, he says, death that hath sucked the honey from thy breath hath had no power yet upon thy beauty. 
You smell just exactly the same as always. The fact, dumb bitch. The fact that they are both hyper fixating on Romeo and Juliet in each other's absence. They were doomed. It's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) God, it was always going to end up this way. It was. He is so, how the kids say, down bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That, like, he, and upon seeing Bella for the first time in, like, seven months, thinks... I must be in heaven, and I'm going to quote Romeo. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, so she's, like, <laughs> like screaming, like, I'm not dead. We have to move. There can't be far. Yeah. And he goes, what was that? <laughs> Politely. And finally he comprehends as the, like, the two Felix and whoever the fuck. Dimitri. Dimitri. <laughs> um, Those guys. Come up. Yeah. And he realizes that. Bella is he becomes aware of his there. surroundings. Yeah, he's not he's no longer just peacefully resigning himself he's like, to wow, death. heaven looks just like the square that I was just about to step out into. <laughs> it's St. Marcus Day in heaven. <laughs> and all my friends are here. Bella, Alex. But then like if he's in hell, does he think Bella's in hell? He I think maybe his interpretation of heaven would be that like if he's in heaven, then Bella has to be there because it's heaven. Yeah. So it wouldn't be heaven for him if he wasn't with Bella. Yeah, that's true. And like it wouldn't be hell for him if he wasn't with his worst temptation, mm-hmm. Bella. Maybe it was heaven and hell on earth the whole time. Maybe the whole time. Eddie. It was all here. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is this paragraph um, before he kind of comes to mm-hmm. that Bella says. Bella says, it was very strange for I knew we were both in mortal danger. Still in that instant, mm-hmm. I felt well, whole. I could feel my heart racing in my chest, the blood pulsing hot and fast through my veins again. My lungs filled deep with the sweet scent that came off his skin. It was like there had never been any hole in my chest. I was perfect. Not healed, but as if there had been no wound in the first place. Can you? So, I think the greatest fantasy of this entire book is that that's how trauma works. I was just about to say, (laughs) I was just about to say, I'm so glad that she feels good because she's been miserable. Mm -hmm. But I, I also just, I, that's dangerous. Yes. Because the reason why we... (laughs) What to say? So it's bad that she doesn't feel like there was ever a wound to begin with because she is still in in risk of being hurt. And like, it would be safer for her to know that she had been hurt before because it would protect her moving forward. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be like experiencing it all over again, fresh and new. She's recognizing throughout the section that this is, this is not a permanent situation that she very likely will either die or have to separate from Edward again. Mm -hmm. Which is really calls to attention this like, that there's something going on that's more intense than their connection. Like there's some sort of physical reaction between the two of them. There's some sort of like bigger picture, which they, the Volturi put words to later, but it's, it's, like, kind of this parallel moment to the imprinting. Like, mm-hmm. they are not whole yeah. when they're not with each other. Mm, yeah. And it's it's impacting not just not just one of them, which is different from imprinting. Like, Bella mm. is impacted by this connection with Edward. So true. More than, more than we understand people involved in imprinting to be impacted by. Yeah. That's more one-sided. This is both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Felix and Dimitri come out of the shadows here, and Edward, like, pivots them so that he's kind of between Bella and them. And they are essentially trying to be like, come with us. Let's go yeah. talk to Arrow. Arrow and, wants to see you. Yeah. And he's like, okay, Bella, why don't you go enjoy the festival? And they're like, no. No, stupid. Bella's coming. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, he thinks he's being slick. Yeah. Like, they try this every time. And like, you have to try, I guess. But like, yeah. did you really think? Neither party is relenting. Mm-mm. It's a good thing that Alice shows up. Alice shows up and she sort of evens out their numbers. Mm-hmm. 
they kind of relax a little bit and then Jane shows up and they're like it's all it's all over we all have to go yeah yeah I'm just gonna say this now but uh, and we've we've talked about this a little bit before but what's really interesting about the way the movie is done differently is that in the movie Bella and Edward immediately have this reconnection of like I loved you the whole time like I still love you and they kiss and stuff Bella's in limbo for so so long and this is so different so especially like in the movie obviously they have to have dialogue to tell us what's happening so a lot of the stuff that's about to happen like we see Bella like Edward like explaining to Bella slash us what's happening but that is not happening at all for the rest of the section that we read today I think it's really interesting, and I actually really like that throughout what we've read here, they don't really get to communicate at all. They're o- the only way no. they're communicating is through, like, Touch, glances yeah. and touches and, like, just very small things. And even that, that, that is not enough for Bella to understand that Edward still loves her deeply. Right. It's only enough for them to communicate about what's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. I think it does speak to their relationship that they are able to communicate so effortlessly with each other despite not having not seen each other in a long time but alice and edward are able to communicate a little bit because edward can read her mind and so they have this very polite conversation that they allow jane and felix and dimitri to overhear Mm -hmm. which is it was my mistake my job to set it right uh what happened it's a long story she jumped off a cliff but she wasn't trying to kill herself and then it's you know bella says i could imagine what he was hearing in alice's thoughts now near drowning stalking vampires werewolf friends and he says hmm (laughs) (laughs) me yeah me me throughout this whole thing (laughs) (sighs) so yeah they are going down into the alley they're following jane down and jane is described as very young almost boyish looking because she's so young androgynous yes the face of a botticelli angel i wish that they had played that up more than I wish they had cast an actual 12-year-old, because Jane and Alec are supposed to be 12. Yeah. I wish that they had played up this, like, androgynous youth, like, look that Mm -hmm. they have, because, I mean, I love the casting that they did, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like it would be much more interesting. Yeah, I mean... I think the idea of like creepy, dangerous child is really mm-hmm. cool. Jane and Alec have a really interesting backstory and they are they are themselves like super, super old and it kind of qu- calls into question like the role of immortal children mm-hmm. in, in this universe. But um, the, oh, what's it called? There is that like series of short films about the Twilight Saga, oh. like the Twilight Stories or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one about Jane and Alec and that's definitely one of my favorites that they show. It's about how um, Arrow found them and, and took them in. And uh, it's it's really good. I'd really recommend watching mm. it. I just want to read, read this nasty little section yes. on 459. Edward held me tightly. This is in complete darkness, like walking through. Yeah, she's like had a, to a drain hole. She's had to fall through mm-hmm. like essentially like a manhole thing. Yeah. Uh, Edward has to like drop her into it and Alice catches her. <laughs> and then so Edward held me tightly. He reached his free hand across my body to hold my face too. His smooth thumb tracing across my lips. Oh, okay. Now and then I felt his face press into my hair. Yeah. I realized this was the only reunion we would get and I clutched myself closer to him. It's they're like, spooning walking along the How are they walking? I, I was know. trying to figure out how they're walking because she's know. also she's wrapped both of her arms around him yeah so she has both arms around his waist they are walking forward in a dark cold alley underground Mm -hmm. and then he is also fully looking at her face holding her face and they're like look i don't understand how they're like moving forward (laughs) yeah so wild they're just like soaking each other in because they've both been so damaged for the past (laughs) like so long 
And she, so she says, for now, it felt like he wanted me, and that was enough to offset the horror of the subterranean tunnel and the prowling vampires behind us. Mm-hmm. And at least I could be with him before I died. That was better than a long life. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. Okay. The rest of this chapter is just them continuing to walk. They do a lot of walking down do. into this chamber where mm-hmm. the Volteri are. There's a, They go through many doors, many hallways. It's a lot. Yeah. Should we do a little weather check in Volterra? Oh, yeah. Ooh, Yes. The Volterra cast? Should I do the Volterra news? Yeah, let's do it. So today in Volterra, keeping in mind that it is 8 p.m. there, there are thunderstorms this evening. It's about 50 degrees, 50s into the, like, the 40s. So it's just a little rainy, gross day. So you can't kill yourself in Volterra today, Edward. (laughs) You'd have to actually kill people. (laughs) Yeah, if it was raining, would he just kill people? Oh my god, probably. Or picked up a car. It's like, if you had the choice between doing all these things, why would you go with killing people? So the news in Volterra, you know, it's kind of a bigger place, so there's, like, actual news there. <laughs> so in Volterra right now, there, there's going to be... No, it was yesterday, Saturday the 20th. There's going to be a campaign in, the, in one of the squares called This Is Not Love about gender-based violence. And... <laughs> You're kidding. I'm not... <laughs> Happy DVAM late (laughs) to Volterra. Uh, I feel like it's actually being put on by the police. Oh. Um, The police love to get involved in domestic violence awareness. The police love to be just so involved. It's, this is, this page is being translated by Google, so it's, I can't really tell what's going on. <laughs> I actually cannot give any more information because it's just kind of written weirdly. There's a national <laughs> campaign in, um, in the U.S. right now run by one of the big national, um, like, NCADV or NNEDV or, like, the hotline or something like that. Yeah. That's, like, a That's Not Love campaign, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're using that material. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. relevant. Where in the world is Edward? <laughs> oh, you know, I have a feeling that he might be underneath the city of I just Volterra. Feel like he's just Italy? in the fucking sewers of Volterra. Yeah, I think he's just like inhaling some girl's hair yeah. in the sewer. Do you think yeah. he would eat her hair? He ate her tear. Oh my god! You know where would he draw the line? Where would he draw the line? Where would he draw the line? Tear, acceptable. Yeah, spit. Spit. <laughs> it's a little freaky for Steffi. Earwax. <laughs> There's a lot of things that would come out of her body that are not blood. You're so And, like, right. what is the definitive ranking of bodily <laughs> fluids that are acceptable to consume? Oh, my God. <laughs> With tear being, like, number one and blood being, like, in last place. For sure. hmm Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Questions nobody Sweat? asked about. Okay. Oh, wait. We did get a question. Oh, yeah. We got another question from... Orange Twilight, which was um, basically that PG-13 movies do allow one one use of the word fuck. And where would we put and it? And where would we put them in each of the films slash if there was like a film for Midnight Sun. I do have some thoughts. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Edward would like be using most of the fucks, even mm-hmm. though that's not necessarily where they should go. I think it would be funnier if Bella did. Bella deserves the fucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the new moon movie, Bella tells Edward to shut up. Yeah, I would yeah. like to amend that to a shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, okay, Twilight. <laughs> Twilight, I would have it be Tyler. I would I would have him go, oh, fuck. And then the, <laughs> the car, like, hitting Bella's. <laughs> and then in New Moon, I would have it be Bella uh-huh. as she gave herself a paper cut. I'd have her be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And then look up and there's actual danger. She'd be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then I would be like, 
Fuck. Like hissing vampires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eclipse. I would have it be so his proposal to her. Oh, and the, is that the end of New Moon? He does propose to her at the. He proposes to her at the end of this book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. For I'm that. not ready. <laughs> um. So maybe a New Moon. I would actually have it be there. Like I'd have him go. I'd have him go. Bella, will you marry me? And have her go. What, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About the uh, eclipse and breaking. Yeah, in. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. It's not fresh enough. I feel like there's some good opportunities. Well, I think that I would like it to be Bella yelling at at Jacob for imprinting on Renesme mm-hmm. in breaking it on part two. Eclipse, maybe, maybe her being angry about being kissed by Jacob. Yeah, like being like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I think maybe just after Major Jasper Whitlock, ma'am. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's Where the I fuck did that say. come from? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Breaking down part one. I feel like it would have to be Charlie after hearing oh, Emmett's, Charlie deserves Emmett's it. Um, speech. Yeah. Like the one where he's like, you won't be getting much more sleep. Yeah. Or, and um, Charlie being like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, or one in one of the Breaking Dawn movies, Jacob starts getting undressed in front of Charlie to phase. Oh yeah, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Yeah. In Midnight Sun, so many opportunities. I just had a funny thought. What? what if it was the Christmas scene between Carlisle and Edward, <laughs> and Carlisle goes, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> I think I would really like it in Twilight or Midnight Sun, whatever, same thing. Because mm-hmm. there's this part in the car crash scene where Edward does swear. Yeah. But we don't know what he says. But I, th- I would like it if Edward and Bella simultaneously said fuck. <laughs> that count as one or two i think if it's said at the same time it has to be one yeah thank you for sending in that prompt i liked it a lot (laughs) yeah that's very fun we're back yep (laughs) we had a little break for lunch which was also on theme to our italy italian excursion Mm -hmm. let me turn you on to (laughs) the most well-kept secret of all time the main italian sandwich Mm -hmm. we which we just call italians yes in maine here it's just an italian here's the thing it's not an Italian sandwich. No. It's like a sub-style sandwich. Yeah. However, it has very specific ingredients. It is on a long bread roll with meat, cheese, and various vegetables. Um, invented in Portland, Maine in 1903 by Giovanni Amato, who... Wait, it was invented yeah. by Amato's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So there's I this didn't know sandwich that. chain, or this Italian chain called Amato's, which is where we had lunch from. <laughs> uh, they have several locations over the state, and I think also maybe in other states now, but centralized to Maine and, and only in New England. And they made the first Italian, which is a long bread roll with ham, boiled ham, just like deli meat ham, white American cheese, pickles, Greek olives, tomato, chopped onion, sliced green bell pepper, olive oil or salad oil, vinegar and salt and black pepper. People add things to it, but that's the classic. Mm -hmm. It's a messy, wet sandwich. so wet. Cold. It was sopping. Yep. (laughs) Um, And they're really good. And the history behind it is that Giovanni Amato was a baker, and while he was selling his bread on the street, he received requests from dock workers to slice his bread rolls and add meat, cheese, and veggies. And that is how Amato's was born. You know, anywhere else in the world that you would go to get an Italian sub, you'd have, like, salami. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> other things. Like, there's nothing about this that makes it Italian, except no. for the first guy that made it was a guy who was making Italian And bread. called them Italians. Um, and called them Italians. So... 
That's fun. That's why we have that today. And that's what we just ate. It's on theme Italiano. Well, let's head back to Italy for the last... Where they don't have these Yeah, they do sandwiches. not have these things. This we looked kill up, an Italian. Yeah, would. <laughs> we looked up, like, last time we recorded, we we're like, oh, what What kind of food could we eat to, like, be on theme? And we we're like, okay, wild boar. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, mm, maybe not. You know what? Sometimes it just falls through, and this ended up being the perfect substitution. It was great. But back in Italy, chapter 21. Me looking at my phone as if it's my book. I'm like, where's the chapter? <laughs> I was just about to start reading as if that's we were doing an audiobook. <laughs> Let's do an audiobook when we're done. So the scene keep the scenery keeps changing between like dank, cold, dark underground tunnel alley to like completely weirdly normal like yeah. fluorescent office space. This reminds it me It is so strange. This reminds me so much. The way they describe it is off-white walls, carpeted industrial gray floors and common rectangular fluorescent lights spaced evenly along the ceiling. And it reminds me a lot of what we do in the shadows when they yeah. first go into Colin Robinson's room right, in exactly. contrast with the rest of their like beautiful old mansion. Yeah, it's like not on theme. <laughs> it's really eerie. Yeah, it is. Bella yeah. seems that it's more benign, but Edward is like on it al- edge. It almost gives her relief to like be yeah. out of the, the cold, um, sure. weird rooms. But yeah, it definitely is super eerie. Stephanie Meyer mentions that under the Volturi's very dramatic hoods, they're wearing like very, they're wearing really normal, modern, pale, nondescript clothing. Yeah. Which is really interesting. It's funny because that feels very not in style when she wrote this. But it feels very, like, today and maybe, like, five-ish, six-ish years ago to be, like, the pitched, like, the first, I feel like the first high fashion androgynous clothing mm-hmm. was very, like, pale, long lines, modern, sleek yeah. kind of stuff. And it's funny that the Volturi <laughs> would be wearing that, especially with the yeah. way that they, like, describe Jane, um, yeah. too, that I'm, I'm just kind of like, is this, like, the first androgynous model? <laughs> Do they have to, like, what do they wear when they're not wearing their, like, little roby uniform things? Like, do they wear anything else? Do they, do they have time off? Is Are it a, like a job? Yeah, like, what's <laughs> yeah, going on? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it, yeah, it begs the question, like, how often are they working? Mm-hmm. Like, how much is there to do? It's not like they keep records of things. They don't yeah, really like, know. How, yeah, how much is there to What's do? going on? Like, how many vampires are there is not a question that we have an answer to. So, like, mm. we don't really know the extent of their job. Like, is this a big day that they have something dramatic going on? Like, appears so because Arrow is so excited. Yeah. But, like, how often are they, like, up to something and not just, like, eating? Like, what do they do in their spare time? Yeah. You know? And yeah, that's a really good point. Like, what like what are they doing? Are they all living there? They hang out? They Are they just... Or is this just... Yeah. They just only do this. Like, have this... Have just dramatic vibes as their entire existence. That's, like, the only way I can picture them. I know. And the, the fact that they seem to have so much in and out, like, that they have a receptionist... They have a receptionist. They have a human woman <laughs> yeah. as a receptionist. Who is written to seem as if she might be black, which I think might be our first... Yeah, she has dark skin. Maybe first black character in the series? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she would have been very pretty in any other company, but not here, because she was human. Yeah, Gianna. So we also meet Alec, who is Jane's... Uh, I guess we don't know this, but they are twins, and Bella does mm-hmm. straight up say, oh, it could be Jane's twin. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They are twins. Surprise, bitch. Um... <laughs> 
They are, they kiss each other on the cheeks. A little Italian, uh, European greeting. And then they hold hands, like, yeah. down the hall. Creepy. I love creepy. it. Creepy. I like creepy sibling, like, creepy, yes. like, kid vibe, which yes. is fun. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people I've seen online, I've seen before online, maybe it's not a lot of people, but I do remember someone posting, like, ew, incest vibes, and somebody was like, they're holding hands. They're literally just holding hands. Like, can you relax? Like, Jesus they're Christ. creepy, but they're it's not, like, sexually creepy. It's like, if there's incest vibes, it's the Cullens. So shut, if there's, shut up. Yeah, it's, if there's incest <laughs> vibes, you're reading into it because yeah. you've been scarred by things like Game of Thrones. So, like, relax. Yeah, for relax. sure. Yeah, so true. They're not being weird. They're just being weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're being creepy, but they're not being incest creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So... There, uh, you know, Felix and Dimitri are still following them. At one point, uh, Felix says dibs, alluding to the fact that he wants to be the one that gets to eat Bella. Yeah. Which so would not happen. I don't think that he would get dibs. <laughs> no. He upsets Edward and For Alice sure. is, like, the only one who can, like, calm Edward down even a little bit by mm-hmm. being, like, patience. Like, please don't provoke. Like, they're so dramatically outnumbered. And, yeah. like, Edward no longer wants to die. Where is his self-preservation? Mm-hmm. He's so stupid and impulsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've moved through, like, a lot of rooms. They've gone down an elevator, but now they're kind of, like, going back up. I don't... They end up mm-hmm. in a room that is not underground. Mm-hmm. That has sunlight pouring in, and it is, like, in a castle turret, where there's, like, thrones, and um, there's a couple people in there. Arrow is there. I think that Arrow is a delightful character. I was just about to say that yeah. I really love him. Yeah, I like, think it's, I think he's a great character. He's almost flamboyant in a way yeah. where it gives me, like, the vibes of, like, queer-coded villains of Disney. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is fully this how I be felt. This yeah, 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 yeah. I got... Or Ursula. Yeah, I got, like, huge queer-coded vibes from him. He's very, like, delighting in everything that is occurring, mm-hmm. he, which is, like, a huge contrast to the eeriness of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he finds such joy, it feels like, in his existence, which I think is good like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i don't know i don't like the in the the structure of the volturi but like yeah he seems to enjoy like his life yeah i mean he, he's like the most probably the most powerful person on the planet yeah if you think about it that's true i think that michael sheen was such a great choice yeah. for arrow in so yeah. many ways however i think that the the way the volturi and most characters in the saga are written are as younger than the way they are portrayed in the yeah. films by many actors i believe that all three of the lead Volturi are supposed to be on the younger side, mm-hmm. um, but they make two of them significantly older in the films. Yeah. But in a way that feels fitting to the other ways that they are described. Yeah, and Bella is unsure if she thinks he's beautiful or not because he is so old that his skin looks so delicate and thin and his hair is so shockingly black mm-hmm. and she wants to like touch his face to see if it was like powdery or chalky his eyes are milky. Like, it almost feels like how I wish he would be portrayed, which is like, people in the olden days, to what we understand, looked so different from how we look right now. Yeah. They were differently sized. They had different facial structures. If you picked somebody up from back then and dropped them here today, It'd we would be all be looking at them like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, noticeable. humans look different. Yeah. You can even tell, like, a little bit in, like, old pictures of people. Like, people looked different. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it would be very interesting to see someone who looks like an ancient person Mm -hmm. walking around walking around laughing so for some godforsaken reason he kisses jane on the lips yeah 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 that's weird that is fucking weird he it says lightly Mm -hmm. and it's definitely done to get information 
Mm-hmm. But it's like you can just touch her fucking hand like you do right? with everyone else. Yeah. It's Arrow, like- Arrow has the superpower. His vampire power is that when he touches someone, he can he gains every thought they've ever had but it's like you don't have to kiss her on the lips yeah and people love jane they like dote on her and like it makes so much sense because you don't want to be on her bad side because she is so fucked up Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. all find such joy in her being there or something like Mm -hmm. so strange Mm -hmm. yeah i think maybe because she's just so powerful Mm -hmm. she's like one of the most their most powerful members one of their most powerful weapons Mm -hmm. so i think there is like delight in having like the the uh, the reassurance of that power yeah yeah and he even says you are such a comfort to me yeah so strange and he's thrilled (laughs) to see alice and bella yeah he's like like, oh my god alice and bella are here he's like so (laughs) excited you know what he also reminds me of um frankenfurter Yes. From Rocky yes. Horror. Just like the... the Come up to the lab vibes. <laughs> See what's on, on the slab, slab vibes. <laughs> uh, like, I've been making a man with <laughs> gold hair and a tan. It's Carlisle. His name is Carlisle. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, so he's very happy to see Alice and Bella. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. He loves a happy ending. Yes. They're so rare. They're so rare. More and more Volturi are coming in, and I think this makes Edward suspicious. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, this is definitely a sign that we are here because you want to kill us. And Arrow's like, no, 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 we are already gathering because it's their, it's their it's like feeding dinner. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It reads much different than it reads in the movie. It, right, like they made it into something. I think they wanted to cement the scariness of the Volturi when they were presenting the movie. And like, if they had presented it like this, it wouldn't be scary or like suspenseful. Yeah, in the same way because Arrow's just. He just lives for the information, the gossip. That's like, so true. Yeah, he just wants gossip to is know power. What's up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that they did in New Moon and Breaking Down Part Two is that they added fight sequences between mm-hmm. the main characters and the Volturi, which do not at all exist in the books. Yeah, and it's not as it's not as like visually exciting, especially for like a movie coming out around that time. Mm-hmm. So they added in all this all this action that is completely not present here at all i mean arrow's praising edward's gift and alice's gift and marcus and caius come up Mm -hmm. and arrow goes marcus caius look bella's alive (laughs) after all and alice is here with her isn't that wonderful oh my god never number one ed bella shipper (laughs) yeah and they say neither of the two looked as if wonderful would be their first choice of words Mm -hmm. the dark-haired man seemed utterly bored like he'd seen (laughs) Too many millennia of Arrow's enthusiasm. The other's face was sour. <laughs> Marcus has a power, which I forgot about. Yeah, me Marcus's too. power is he can see people's relationships and he can like sense the bonds between people. Mm-hmm. And he gives this information to Arrow by touching him. Mm-hmm. Arrow's like, oh, it's so amazing. And Edward explains that Marcus um, is surprised by the intensity of their connection. I think he means Edward and Alice's. Mm. Is that true? I don't think he means Edward and Bella. Because he's looking at Alice, but I don't know who he's talking about. I can never figure it out. No, I think it is. I think it's it's Edward and Bella because they immediately go into talking about the singer. Yeah. Like, how can you stand so close to her? It's difficult to understand. Mm, That's true. Yeah, so we kind of get the explanation here that, like, Bella's scent to Edward is exceptionally strong. It's something Mm -hmm. called La Tua Cantante. I'm looking up the direct translation. I think it's just the The singer. singer. Like, your singer. Your singer. And that it's, like, nothing, like... Arrow has ever experienced. I just accidentally translated it into Latin. And I was like, it means contour twos. 
Arrow says, oh, how I miss my friend Carlisle. Mm-hmm. You remind me of him, only he was not so angry. <laughs> so true. So true. Edward, just like in a deadpan, Carlisle outshines me in many other ways as well. <laughs> like... Big Mr. Darcy energy here. It's so funny because Arrow's giving them everything. He's yes. thrilled. He's laughing. He's exclaiming things. He's obsessed with learning about their story. And Edward and Alice are just like, just standing there. Like, They're not giving, giving him, him anything. Nothing. And I feel like, I mean, I get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, wouldn't it be a better tactic for them to play along? Yeah. And to be like, oh, it's so good to see this you. Carlisle like, sends his love. Yeah. You know? This is like the different, like my mom and I went to a wedding once and we both desperately wanted gossip on how everybody felt about the wedding because we all felt like it was doomed. Mm-hmm. We both wanted gossip on what was going on, but my mom was so miserable that she didn't work the room and I was going around being like, oh my God, how are you? It's so good to see you. People that I was not happy to see <laughs> explicitly. I'd be like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Me thinking like that is purposeful. Yeah. I would come back to my mom and be like, oh, this person, this person, and this person think this is stupid. They hate the decor or whatever. And she's like, how do you get people to do that? And I was like, I went up and I was like, how are the kids? How are you doing? I acted like I had just had been dying to see them. Like I'd been thinking about them the whole time we were away. Like I had not just like thought like, God, I hope that I literally had to call my grandmother in the bathroom. And I was like, what are their first names? I know these people's last names. So I went up and I was like, Bernice. Oh my God. It's so good to see you. I didn't know her fucking name before contacting my grandmother. Got all the good gossip. You got to play along. If you, you want the information, you got to play along. And it's that's okay that's to what be Arrow's a little doing. fake sometimes. If it's a life or death situation or you really need good gossip. If it's a li- one, if it's a life or death situation. <laughs> Two, if you just really want to know. <laughs> but that's that's totally what Arrow's doing. Yeah. He's living for it. And he gets to. Mm-hmm. And he says something interesting about Carlisle, too, on 472. He says, I'm gratified by Carlisle's success. Your memories of him are quite a gift for me, though they astonish me exceedingly. I am surprised by how it pleases me, his success and his unorthodox path he's chosen. I expected that he would waste weaken with time. I'd scoffed at his plans to find others who would share his particular vision, yet somehow I'm happy to be wrong. And it's like, does he mean that? I don't know. It kind of feels like he might. He might. I think he might just be fascinated with, like, possibility that, like, nobody thought to hunt animals until thousands of years into the existence of vampires. Yeah. And so I guess that's probably really fascinating new information. How often is this man surprised? Yeah. Probably not He's probably desperate to be surprised. He's literally seen everything (laughs) seven times, you know? So, like, I'm sure that anything, any news or any sort of anything means a lot to him. Yeah. And... Arrow would like to try to access Bella, Bella's thoughts. And asks Edward, and Edward's... Ask, <laughs> Edward's like, ask her. And it's like, since when? Feminism. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the first time Edward's been like, you need to ask Bella's permission. Right. And it's like, not. she doesn't even really have a full choice. She and has to do it. Somehow, like... Edward is able to connect that Bella has autonomy when it's not him questioning like if she has autonomy or not because he does this and then later when Jacob kisses her he's like wait for her to say the words and it's like you have never asked Bella for permission to do anything it's like it's only because it's something that he doesn't actually want her to do (laughs) she does she touches his hand and he cannot read and he's like incredulous yeah he's like wow this so fascinating and she's able to read in his face that he's incredulous and that it's like not happening yeah yeah and then jane and then arrow's like well i wonder if she's immune to other people such as jane and at this point we don't know what jane's talent Mm -hmm. is we just think she's a sweet little girl (laughs) edward is like snarling Mm -hmm. 
and glaring at Arrow. And it's, Bella says, Bella narrates, the room had gone still, everyone watching him with amazed disbelief, as if he were committing some embarrassing social faux pas. In the way that Carlisle is trying to betray his nature by, like, hunting animals, it seems like they're trying to compensate for their, like, loss of humanity by flushing themselves in these, like, really rigid social, yeah. like, customs and, like, doing a lot of pomp and circumstance around, like, these rituals and, and things, like, behaving very upright yes. and, like, very like, respectable and not snarling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's very, very interesting. Funny. So he launches himself between Jane and Bella, and Jane uses her power on Edward instead, and we learn that her power is to make people... Well, we don't, we don't explicitly get this, but her power is to make people believe that they are in excruciating pain, mm-hmm. torturous pain, and he's, like, immobile on the floor it in agony. It doesn't actually physically impact them. No. Like, there's no physical pain being inflicted, but it's... Right. When it's, when it's done, he just kind of gets up mm-hmm. and he's fine. And so she goes to do this on Bella and it doesn't work. So this in this little scene, we kind of learn that she is, Im- she is immune to certain types of powers, not just Edward's. And that's so interesting. I think it is so dope that Bella, who is like this extremely accident prone mm-hmm. character, is has this like self-preservation that protects her from some of the most dangerous forces on the planet. Yes. And when we get to 476, we have one of the sentences that... <laughs> people make fun of so much when they talk about Stephanie's writing, Mm -hmm. which is, Arrow started to laugh. Ha ha ha, he chuckled. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. (laughs) People hate that sentence. And you know what? It's iconic. I read it and I started hysterically laughing. Arrow started to laugh. Ha ha ha, he chuckled. And then, not like, less than 10 lines down, ha ha ha, Arrow chortled again. (laughs) It's like Stephanie did not know how to write laughing. Yeah. And she was like, what if I do several ways and then people will definitely get that yeah. he's laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let he... me get that tattooed. <laughs> we should get a, like a three person tattoo. One of them says Arrow started to laugh. One says ha ha ha. And the other one says he chuckled. <laughs> he also uh. reveals that he asked Jane once to torture him out of curiosity. <laughs> and he like shakes his head in admiration that Edward endured it in silence. <laughs> Which is just funny because I I do think it really reinforces that this man is old and bored as shit. Yeah. And he was looking at Jane one day and he was like, come here. <laughs> do it on me. Come here. Do, do me you, now. Do, do it to me. Just real quick. I just want to know. Wow, that was that was bad. <laughs> it also implies that he was screaming. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a very like high, like lilting voice. So I'm sure it was yes. just like this horrible scream. Oh my God. So Arrow is now asking them in turn individually if they would like to join the Volturi. Edward mm-hmm. first, he says no. Alice for Alice second, she says no. And then he also asks Bella. Yeah. Because he's like, imagine like the potential for your talent. Like he says, I haven't seen a prospective talent so promising since we found Jane and Alec. Which I think Jane finds offensive. <laughs> she does. She's like, and Caius seems upset too. It seems yeah. like they wouldn't receive outsiders very well. Which is funny because they all seem to dote on Jane so much that I wonder, like, how long that kind of, like, lasts before... I mean, joining a vampire... A troop of vampires that's been together for 3,000 years is... I think that she... I think that Jane and Alec joined... I think they are from, like, medieval times. Okay, so it's been a while now. It's been, you know, maybe less than a thousand years, but close to a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah, this is where Edward is like, so you're gonna kill us? And Arrow's like what (laughs) of course not (laughs) that's so silly and caius is like you have to (laughs) yeah arrow's like i don't know about that (laughs) but i don't wanna 
Caius is like, well, she knows too much and and he's exposed our secrets. But Edward's like, well, there are a few humans in on your charade here as well. And Caius makes this point where he's like, well, yes, but these humans like will eventually become vampires and you're not going to turn her into a vampire. Mm-hmm. So like we have to kill her. If, any, if anything. And Alice is like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, Alice is like, excuse me, I have something to add. I have something and to say to the class. she extends her hand. And then I see on 479, the last paragraph, and there's another, ha ha ha, ha. He, he laughed. laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fascinated because Alice has seen Bella as a vampire. And so she's able to assure them that like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I've decided. Which is great that she's there because it really saves everyone. It also saves Edward the trouble of, like, having to make that commitment right now, which, like, I don't don't think he he would. would. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, there's this moment where Arrow is like, well, you can absolutely go free like if you if you swear that you will mm-hmm. do this and pretty, like pretty cushy deal it's to be pretty honest. sweet yeah and uh i think uh, like bella and edward kind of have this like excruciating moment of staring at each other where she's like will you like let's how about you just do this mm-hmm. thank you and that's when alice intervenes it hurts bella to know yeah. that Al- that edward doesn't want to make her a vampire still yeah she says would it make any difference if i did become a vampire when the idea was so repulsive to edward if death was to him a better alternative than having me around forever an immortal annoyance. Mm-hmm. Terrified as I was, I felt myself sinking down into depression, drowning in it. And, like, of course that's what she thinks. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that he won't step up and say, yes, to save her life today, I will. I promise. Yeah. Kill her later. You can't, you really can't commit to that? Guess not. <sighs> We're gonna have to wait. Bastard. He keeps calling them, like, young. It's like, young Alice, my young friends. Yeah. Like, which is <laughs> so funny. I would do that for sure. It's like the energy of Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. You're like, oh, you girls keep me so young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like the vampire mom. Me being one month older than you. Uh, young <laughs> Sam. <laughs> so essentially they are allowed to leave mm-hmm. and they are kind of getting pushed out because Heidi, another vampire, is going to arrive soon. She is like their hunter. She is the one who reels in all their fish. Hunter BF, Heidi. Uh, gatherer GF, Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming in with a, like 40 humans for mm-hmm. them to all dine on. Alice and Edward and Bella try to run mm-hmm. out fast enough to get out before they start hearing them scream, scream. and they don't make it in yeah. time to not hear them scream. Uh, yeah, and this is very horrifying for Bella. Yeah. She's, like, starting to panic and, and cry. Yeah. Yeah, so at the end of this chapter, they're still in the Volturi-like place, and they have to wait till dark before they can leave altogether. And that is the end of chapter 21. Are you reading right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm so excited we'll be done soon and glad to have edward back even though he didn't really say much to like that was like super eliminating or interesting this this yeah yeah it'll be interesting to like see them actually get to talk for the first time i cannot wait for that i like i just i know i mean i'm in the same kind of place like i know that whatever he says will not be enough for me oh yeah yeah like it's not for gonna, sure it's not gonna be enough <laughs> i'm sitting here right now being like yay whatever edward's says, back yeah. and then i'm gonna be like whatever he says edward's is wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah like, he's, he's incorrect incorrect he's he's being he's In- being so incapable of being right yeah <laughs> but mm-hmm. welcome back edward yay Missed you in, like, a fucked up way. Yep. <laughs> Only four more chapters, including the epilogue. Wrapping her right up. We'll take a lot's a... gonna happen in the next two sections that we read. Yeah. So much is gonna happen. Too much, I would argue. Marriage. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. That's all, forks.
I wonder if we could do... Wait, that's all forks. In... Oh, you want to do it in Italian? Yeah, let's see what it is. It's like, in English, it's like an approximation of the word folks. E tutto, gente. a twilight saga podcast seasons one two and three are now streaming anywhere podcasts can be found to stay updated about the podcast follow us on instagram at at genderforking for more twilight content from us follow us at bowlingsharebellas.tumblr.com with questions comments and any other inquiries please email us at bowlingsharebellas at gmail.com if you like what you hear and want to support the upkeep and production of our podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash genderforking. The music you are hearing is from O. Lucifer. Okay.